Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. I want to welcome you, and I want to thank you for uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, it is a, really a blessing uh, that you do so, and uh, please tell your friends uh, also to tune in to the podcast. Uh, and uh, they are... They are made, these podcasts are made in order to bless the, the believing community. Uh, also, I'd like to uh, say that uh, I have, uh, years ago I wrote a book uh, entitled Naming the Incubus, and that particular book uh, deals with uh, the impact of early childhood sexual abuse on marriage. And so you can find that at bookstores. Um, also, uh, I have two other books uh, entitled uh, uh, Spiritual Meditations, volume, uh, Volumes 1 and 2. Uh, you can also find that at local bookstores. They, they can get these for you. So um, uh, please, uh, uh, if you don't need the books, just pass, tell your friends who may need them. Uh, I found out early in ministry that many people who were coming to church had uh, backgrounds in, in sexual abuse and uh, other phenomena of that nature. And uh, so that's why that first book was uh, written, Name of the Incubus uh, by Josiah Rich. So I want to welcome you uh, this morning uh, to this uh, to the study and we want to give God thanks before uh, we go into to our subject matter. And our subject today is Paul's anthropology elucidates new creation in Christ, new creation in Christ. So it's a, uh, let us pray. Father, we thank you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ for this opportunity to meet with the saints. We thank you, Father, for the Spirit of God who is the author of the Scriptures. And, Lord, it is through the Holy Spirit that uh, we have been born again so that we might uh, live with you and be members of the kingdom of heaven. And so we thank you, Father, for, uh, for the new birth, and we thank you for our Savior who died for us in 33 AD that we might have this relationship, Lord, that this koinonia that we enjoy with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, the transhumanist agenda is religious in nature and pseudo-scientific in presentation uh, to manipulate the quasi-ill-informed. It is a doctrine of demons. The New Testament anthropology teaches no such abomination. 
believers are a new creation in Christ. And their destiny, that is our destiny, is to be conformed to the image of Christ. He and he alone is our collective ultimate glory. We shall be like him in essence, in nature. We shall be like him in essential character. For we shall see him as he is. We shall see our glorified and risen Lord uh, in his resurrection body. Uh, And so we have a wonderful destiny. Beware, beloved, of the distractions of the cosmic system. The cosmic system wants us distracted because we become very powerful when we concentrate on who Jesus is. And so the distractions within the cosmos are designed to do what? To delay, to distract, to distort, uh, to destroy our focus. When we are focused upon the person of Christ, you will find that uh, the bondages, plural, the bondages of the cosmic system will disappear. And in the, the book of Galatians, Paul writes of our, of our freedom in Christ. He writes about those who had come along uh, in order to spy out uh, the freedom of the saints uh, so that they will, would learn how to uh, reintroduce them into bondage. We have a wonderful freedom in Christ. And so uh, I'm going to be speaking mainly today from 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, but I'm going to begin uh, in Matthew 7 because there is no Paul without, uh, without Jesus. Jesus is the foundation. And I want to begin, with the word, begin the study with the words of our Savior. Uh, if you would read John 3, Jesus talks about the new creation with Nicodemus and uh, so that that is a very important discussion that is a very important uh, meeting that Jesus had with Nicodemus who met with him by night so when you get an opportunity read that because uh, in that chapter Jesus speaks about the necessity it is necessary in the nature of the case that one is born again so Um, I'm going to begin in uh, Matthew chapter 7. And uh, these are the words of our Savior in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew Matthew chapter 5, verses uh, uh, chapter 5 through 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, So I'm going to be reading from chapter 7, beginning at at verse 13. Quote, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it there for a moment. Uh, uh, 
here Jesus elucidates the way of affliction, the way of affliction. And uh, he, hears, he speaks, uh, this is the figure of the, the two ways. So you're, you will read about this in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Jeremiah chapter 21, verse 8. Uh, Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6. And so uh, Jesus, and here it is, it is the, uh, the imperative, enter ye in at the straight gate. Or sine is the Greek word, and it means narrow. And it is narrow from obstacles standing about. And it also means narrowness of room, distress, and anguish. It means to him in closely. And so this is what he means by the straight gate. And when we get, when we discuss the ministry of Paul and his anthropology, we're going to see the reality of this in Paul's life. Paul suffered sustained uh, persecution from his enemies. People question his person. People question his ministry. But Paul, uh, as some would say, has sold out to Jesus. And so there is going to be this conflict with the cosmic system. Uh, And notice that Jesus embodies this very conflict. Uh, uh, His public ministry, in his public ministry, we see... Uh, the sustained persecution of the religious conservatives, the Pharisees, the religious liberals, the Sadducees, and the Herodians, the political class. These three, notice in number three, these three came together in order to destroy the person of Jesus. So enter in at the straight gate, for wide uh, is the gate. And uh, the word here is, uh, for why is platus, and it means spread out, spread out. For wide is the gate, and broad, or, or literally spacious, is the road. That word way means road that leadeth to destruction. So, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate. Here's that word again. Straight is the gate. Remember, it means constricted to him in. Straight is the gate and narrow. The word narrow here it means to afflict. It also means tribulation. And narrow is the road which leadeth unto life. And here's a very powerful enigma for, uh, for the believing community uh, to, to understand. Uh, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. That is Zoe, eternal life. And few, and few there be that find it. See, there is a passivity. Uh, that the world uh, wants uh, that is the demonic powers behind uh, what we see with our eyes, the visible 
uh, what we what we see with our behold with our eyes in the cosmic system. There, uh, behind what we see, the visible order, there are demonic powers. And John will write in John chapter first John chapter five that the whole world, the whole world, holos, the whole world lieth asleep in the lap of the wicked one. The whole world lieth asleep in the lap of the wicked one. John also writes that the enemy cannot touch us so as to exert a modifying influence upon us because we belong to Jesus. Remember, the Lord uh, talks about our divine safety and how the enemy cannot uh, exert a modifying uh, impact or influence upon our life so as to alter our destiny. The, The reason why I teach the word of God is because there's nothing there's, there's nothing to compare. The word of God is incomparable. So 1 John 5, verse 18, quote, And we know that whoever is born of God sinneth not. That word means to practice sin, to practice sin. But he that is begotten, that is born, of, uh, born again, who, he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, protects himself, and that wicked one, Toucheth him not. Haptomai. That is, handling of an object so as to exert a modifying influence upon it uh, or upon oneself. And so that's the word that is used here uh, in First uh, John. And in, in 1 John 5.19, John writes, quote, And we know that we are of God. That is, we are out of God as a source. Ek. We are out of God as a source. And the whole world, the whole world lieth in wickedness. This is the old King James Version. But it is lieth asleep in the lap of the wicked one. So Jesus goes on. I'm going back to Matthew now. Matthew 7:15. quote, beware of false prophets. Now that word false, uh, sometimes meaning changes over time. And this word literally means, this word false, a pseudo-propheton, uh, it means lying prophets, literally, lying prophets, okay, uh, which involves hypocrisy. Uh, but that is not the primary meaning here. The primary meaning here is lying prophets, pseudo-propheton, okay? Beware of lying prophets. Who come to you in sheep's clothing? What does it mean? That they have a lamb-like exterior in order to deceive. A lamb-like exterior in order to deceive. They deceive you with their actions and their words. And so Jesus, uh, remember now, we are still in the Old Testament times. Jesus uh, is a prophet par excellence. He is the last prophet of the Old Testament order of things. The New Testament uh, begins with the covenant uh, is the covenant of his blood. That begins when Jesus dies on the cross. 
when the veil of the temple is rent in half, signifying a new and living way, a new and living access to God through the person of Jesus. And Jesus said, it is finished. That is, uh, that is the word, that is the beginning of the new covenant of grace. Jesus died on our behalf, not on his own behalf because of his own sins. Jesus is impeccable. He is the sinless one. So uh, these, these false prophets come uh, with a lamb-like exterior in order to deceive so that they uh, can engage in extortion or the spoiling of the sheep. They extort what the sheep have. Uh, Verse 16, you shall know them by their fruit. Now, listen, you will never read in the New Testament Never uh, in the Old Testament, or uh, because the the Bible is written uh, from this viewpoint of concrete actions. Concrete actions. It is through one's actions that we uh, that we come to know one's character or an individual's character. Uh, you know, you never read. You will never read benefit of the doubt. You've never read such language. You never read such, uh, uh, you shall know them by their fruit. That is, by what they do. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs or thistles? So every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree Bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits shall know them. Again, he reiterates it. Wherefore, by their fruits shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But, after the semicolon, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, here's that term again, many, and many will say to me in that day, uh, you will see that term, that day, and the prophet Joel, and also in uh, the, the prophet uh, Zechariah. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils or demons, and in thy name the many wonderful works? And notice, he says it three times, in thy name, in thy name, in thy name. And then, I will profess unto them, the word profess here is confess. And then, I will confess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work in equity. I never knew you. Depart from me. You that work in equity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man, which built his house upon, uh, in the King James Version, it reads a rock. It is, in the Greek, it reads the rock. And Jesus is speaking of himself. 
And the rain descended, and the flood came, and the winds blew, and beat uh, the idea and beat upon that house. The, the idea here is to violently rush upon that house, and it fell not. In the Greek, uh, this word not is in uh, what we call absolute negation. For it was founded upon the rock, the rock. And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man. Uh, the Greek literally has moron man, moron man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, that is, it crashed. And great, and Jesus says, and great was the fall of it. That is, literally, great was the crash of it. And it came to pass, uh, to pass when Jesus had ended these things, the people were astonished at his doctrine. They had never heard anything like this from the Pharisees. For he taught them as one having, uh, he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes and Pharisees. So, when we uh, when we turn to Second Corinthians and we read uh, these powerful words of Paul, these this is Second uh, Corinthians five. So Paul writes. Uh, verse 16, 516. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, that is, as an ordinary person or man. Yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. And here he's talking about to know experientially. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is new creation. All things are passed away. And here he used, uh, Paul uses what we call the aorist tense. So aorist means at a point in time these things disappeared. The old things are, are passed away. He uses the word paleos. He means that which is of a long, uh, so he uses RKI here, and it means original or ancient, original KI. It also means from the beginning. The old things are passed away at a point in time. This is because of the new birth. This is because of the new creation. This is because of the new relationship. This is, this is the, the, the new humanity that Jesus brought into existence when he died on the cross. This is why you will not find, any, find anything close to the transhumanist agenda in the New Testament. Transhumanism wants to rearrange the DNA structure in people. The transhumanists want to inject people with their uh, software. Well, you say software cannot be injected into a person. Look, I have a book by Richard Buckminster Fuller. 
And I bought this book in the late 90s. And in that book, with uh, Dr. Dr. Fuller talked about housing technology. And in that book, he says that, remember, this is the late 90s, there is a 200-year lag between the rectilinear nail-ups that we live in today and what we can do. That was only regard to housing. And he talked about the, uh, we don't need guttural plumbing, that is putting pipes into the ground to move water. Uh, Mr. Fuller had created what he called the fog gun, and it is through this gun that one could accumulate moisture that, uh, or water for one's uh, dwelling. And so that, and he said, we, there's a 200-year lag. That was then in the late 90s. Think about the software. And I listened to this therapist that I like to listen to, and he was talking about his brother-in-law, how his brother-in-law has developed uh, a software that can mimic the human brain. And so when I say that these people want to inject their software via a vaccine mandate into into the bodies of people in order to alter their DNA, yeah, they can do it. And they also they have also created synthetic DNA. The uh, the original DNA just had four, uh, as discovered by Watson and Crick, had only four base pairs, four base pairs, and they call the rungs of the ladder. And then the outside the, the, uh, of the the ladder uh, were just a sh- uh, sugar phosphate, uh, sugar and phosphate. And so we say the DNA, the double helix. And so they've gone way beyond that to create synthetic DNA. And they have created synthetic biology, and they want to use microbes in order now to create meat for the consumption of the public at large or consumers. So these people have advanced technology. Where are you going to do? Where are you going to go? And so the transhumanist agenda wants to take uh, human beings and make them into what they want them to be, into their image and their likeness. There's no transhumanist agenda in the New Testament. God said in the Old Testament, please read Jeremiah 31, uh, God talks about new creation. I will put in, in them a new heart, a new heart. And this is a discussion that Jesus had with Nicodemus that night. He said, are you a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? Are you a teacher, Nicodemus, and you don't know about the new creation, the new heart that God uh, spoke about in the Old Covenant and uh, through the, the incarnation of Yeshua HaMashiach would bring into reality? See, this is the life, uh, the new life, uh, the new anthropology that, that Paul speaks about, that Paul teaches. Because, and uh, Paul was born again. And Paul, the, Paul's old things were passed away. Here's, this is something vital that I want the saints to understand. When the enemy comes and 
he brings up into your mind what you were in the past, the old sins, and he wants he wants to resurrect the old pleasures. And then you think, well, I want to go back to those days. And remember the rabble that followed the people of God out of Egyptian bondage. It was the rabble that said, you know, uh, we should go back. And the reason why the uh, when God's people passed through the uh, Reed Sea and the waters, the waters that had congealed so they could walk across not through mud, but on dry ground. The reason why God collapsed the sea behind them is because there's no going back. The re- when the people of God got to the Jordan River and they, and they got there at flood stage, it was, boom, God had designated certain people to carry the Ark of the Covenant the covenant on the poles. And the river was at flood stage. And so the enemy said, we can relax. There's no way that uh, the Hebrews are going to come and attack us because the Jordan is protecting us. And so they're definitely going to come across the Jordan at flood stage. But as the priests, as, as the carriers moved toward the Jordan River, what did God do? God drew back the waters again. And after they passed through, the waters came back. The river collapsed behind them. This was at flood stage. It is important for us to realize that this is a walk of faith. This whole thing is a walk of faith. And in this walk of faith, you and I, uh, we we know what God has done for us and we see what God has done for us. And as you stay spirit-filled for longer and longer periods of time, you begin to realize that this is where God wants me to be. God wants me to be spirit-filled. And you find that when you go back to the flesh or when you uh, allow fleshy thinking to start uh, coming in on you, you realize what's, what's going on. Well, because you haven't been nourishing on the spiritual food of the word, you, having, you have not been uh, feeding on Jesus the bread of life, and you haven't, you haven't been drinking of Jesus the water of life. Uh, your life is going to go that other way. You, it doesn't mean that you are not safe. It means that you are you are uh, you are a fleshly believer, and you're not going to see a lot of spiritual victories in your life until First John one nine. You confess your sin and you get back into fellowship with God and, and get back to be to being faithful. Don't wander around in the desert because you were led astray by someone, some some false teacher. Uh, you were led astray by uh, by attraction of some man or some woman. You were led astray. Get back in the fellowship. 
and uh, get strong again and keep on keeping on. You know, don't follow lies. Don't follow. And false prophets come in what? Uh, false prophets come in dresses. They come in suits. They come in jeans. They, they come in skirts. False prophets uh, come in all kinds of ways. You have to have spiritual discernment in order to, uh, to perceive what's going on. So all things are passed away. And so the enemy could not assail uh, Paul with, uh, with his former life. Paul confessed what he was, who he was, and what he did, and what he was like. That was ever before him. But uh, Paul has this wonderful phrase in Greek, nani dei, N-U-N-I. D-E-I, many day. Uh, and we transliterate it as, but now. I love that, but now. And sometimes I will say that uh, when I'm just thinking about the Lord, many day, but now. But now. Because what does that mean? Well, it is what God is doing. The divine activity in your life did not stop at the point of salvation. No, to the, when you were born again. Divine activity uh, is, uh, is in your life on, on a moment-by-moment basis. And so you want that. You want divine activity uh, in your life on a moment-by-moment basis. You want to be guided. You want to be directed by God. Listen, Proverbs writes, the way of man is not in himself. Think about that. The way of man, of a man, is not in himself. Because man is finite. Man is limited. We don't know all things. We don't know everything. We, we like to believe that, well, I can uh, proudly proclaim that I'm an atheist or I'm an agnostic. We can take up pseudo-intellectual positions, and they are satisfying for a while. And, you know, by like uh, atheists like Christopher Hitchens can boldly proclaim, well, I'm an atheist, but now he's dead and gone. He believes something different. He is in the world of shades, Hades, where the Bible torment. And those who have rejected Jesus will be resurrected at the at the great white throne judgment, and we read that uh, God will God is seated on the great white throne, and the books were open, and the dead now they're merely an adjective, and the dead were judged from the things written therein, rich and poor, small and great. They stood before this great white throne, uh, and they are before the face of Him from whom heaven and earth fled away. They're just uh, mere matter, just mass and energy. They fled away. Because we have some idea, a modicum of an idea of the, the works, the terrible, horrific works that have gone on within the cosmic system. And we, t- we see in the scripture that God He's going to renovate. God's going to burn up uh, this cosmic system. 
Peter writes that uh, God is going to uh, loose the, uh, the, molec- uh, the, the molecular structure. He's going to loose the covalent bonds, and this stuff is going to melt, is going to burn up because it was filled with uh, horrific abuse and destruction and practices. He's going to vanish. Now, those who stand before the great white throne judgment, uh, God's going to read the sentence. They are there for sentencing, for severity of uh, sentencing. Now, notice these people who I said they're going to be resurrected. And that term, I use that term deliberately, uh, because they're going to have resurrection bodies. Their bodies are designed for eternal torment. Where Jesus said in, uh, in Hades, I mean in, in Gehenna, the lake of fire, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. They're going to have bodies. There is no escape. And notice there is no time frame uh time limit attached to their uh sentencing. This is eternal destruction. Uh there uh you take a clock and you pull the hands off, you toss away the hands. Uh is it, it's eternal. And a, the atheists are there eternally. The agnostics, well I can't know whether or not uh there is God. I know that I that I can't know. And these people who are practiced these horrific sins, they may have done these deeds in darkness, but Jesus said, what is done in darkness is going to be exposed on the rooftops. He did that in the life of David, his beloved, and God loved David. And there are people who, in their because they have a lie-based mentality, really believe that their sins are hidden. There are no hidden sins. Please read Psalm 90. Uh, our hidden sins are in the light of his face. Here we bring in self-deceived deceivers. The transhumanists are self-deceived deceivers. Their worship of the goat, their worship of uh, the bisexual demon that has breasts and, and, and the organs, the sexual organs of of males and females. They, they have a, this, this distortion. Look, when you read about the Egypt from which God delivered his people, uh, you, you read about horrific, uh, horrific uh, gods that they worshipped. Horrific idolatry. And so there's a word that's used uh, in the Hebrew for God's destruction of Egypt and the word is transliterated as mockery. God, Pharaoh believed he was a god. There is the cult of the Caesars in the New Testament, the first century, which believed that they were God. You see where I'm going with this? Uh, this desire to be worshipped uh, as gods? And oh, there is only one king of kings. There is only one lord of lords. And Psalm 2 tells us that he's going to rule this world with a rod of iron. Now you see why 
And we shall co-reign with him. We shall co-rule with him. We shall judge men, and we shall judge angels. How much more things pertaining to this life? In other words, believers should grow up, okay? And uh, their lives should be uh, decidedly different because we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things are passed away. Uh, Peter uses in Second Peter one nine, Second Peter one nine, he uses the word paleos, and he talks about he talks about being uh, the old uh, our old sins, uh, uh, and uh, our things of the past. And if we're not spirit filled, then we, he talks about those who are forgotten that they were cleansed of their old sins. You see why this New Testament is so different and the apostles never never recommend psychotherapy. They never, because God is done with the old creation. And Paul writes in his letter to Ephesians chapter 4 that we have a, been given a brand new mind. A brand new mind. So God is done with the old creation. And uh, I have some papers on the revision, the latest revisions of the Diagnostic uh, and Statistical Manual of Human Behavior and the things that they've changed uh, with regard to homosexuality. Uh, There's compromise there. They've compromised on other definitions. It is a book of compromise because it is written by man. And it is a political book. It's not a medical book. It is a political book. It is sociopolitical in period. The transhumanist agenda is religious in nature and pseudoscientific in presentation to manipulate the quasi-ill-informed. Believers who have a new destiny in Christ have a totally new understanding. Our focus is different. We know we are not out of this world as a source. If we ascribe to what the the transhumanist agenda and humanistic psychotherapy, understand what you're doing. Because these people want to refer you, or or humanistic psychiatrists, they want you on chemicals. They are all a part of big pharma. They want to control you through pharmacia. That's the words that that Paul uses in Galatians 5 and and is also used in the book of Revelation. The revelation, pharmacia, drugs, drugs, spells, wizards, witchcraft, enchantment, it goes on and on. And this world, you, uh, the demons uh, and the witches use spells. They use incantations in order to overthrow in order to control the saints. Know who you are and whose you are. Walk in the ways of God, and your life will be full. Decide to the will that you're going to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, these these people, Jesus is going to say to those who disobey him, depart from me. I never knew you. You never want to hear those words. 
You want to be among the sheep. You want to be led by the good shepherd. You want to be guided by him. You want him to lead you besides the waters of quietness so you could have a life filled with his presence, his love, and his wonderful peace. Morning. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.